0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. This month, we have been talking about values. When we're talking about the freedom to live authentically, to be our own authority, to be able to create a life that feels fulfilling to us, one of the first topics that always comes up is values. Our values are the metrics we use, whether consciously or not, to make hundreds of decisions that we need to make each day about how we're going to use our limited resources of time, attention, money, and energy. We can't have it all. I mean, I know it's unfortunate. I wish we could, but we don't have enough personal resources to do and be everything there is to do and be. When we say yes to one thing, we're effectively saying no to other things, and this is called opportunity cost. If you decide to say yes to having coffee with your friend, for instance, while your kids are at school, you're effectively saying no to a whole bunch of other things that you might do with that kid or teen-free time. You might be saying no to writing a chapter of your first book or working out or catching up on Bridgerton while none of the men are at home and the television is available. Everything you do has a cost, whether you realize it or not. Every yes is at the expense of several no's, whether directly or indirectly. Without being aware of our personal values, this can bring about a huge case of FOMO or fear of missing out, a huge case of incurable resentment and envy, and even a persistent desire to judge others for their life choices. For example, like let's say you made the decision to work online so you could be available to attend more of your kids' activities and milestones. You know, after COVID, many of us were given choices. Do we want to go back to the office? Do we want to keep traveling or do we want to work online from home? And let's say you made the decision, I want to work online and at home. This has given you flexibility. It's given you freedom and it's given you a sense of connectedness with your kids, which are all incredibly important to you. But if you're not aware that you value and prioritize flexibility, freedom, and connection over, let's say, travel and prestige, it might be tempting to feel huge amounts of envy for your coworker that gets sent on all the overseas trips to close the deals that you've been putting together online, or even judge them for allowing their spouse, their mom, or their nanny to watch their kids while they're away instead of being more present like you are. However, when we're aware of our priorities, we not only get more of what we actually value and want, which is what all of this is about, we're more at peace with the costs of our choices because we're more conscious that there is a cost and we have made our choice based on what matters to us. In this place, we accept that as humans, we can only be in one place at one time. Often we can only do one thing at one time. And this means we have to make choices. You know, it's interesting that we're talking about this right now because I am currently reading a book called The Hunter-Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century. It's about evolution and the challenges of modern life. And it's by Heather Hange and Brett Weinstein. And one of the things that they brought up to the surface, these two biologists, one of the things that they talked about is that... The human race as a whole have become generalists. We're jacks of all trades and we're masters of all trades. But this isn't true for us as individuals. As a species, we've become masters of all trades because as individuals, we have specialized using our values, using what interests us, using what drives us. And then we've shared our specialized knowledge and skills with the collective Now, that could be a whole nother podcast for a whole nother time, but I want you to realize that sometimes, especially in this, I think, collective with social media and we have so many windows into the lives of other people, it can be really tempting to believe that we're supposed to do and be it all. In fact, there are a lot of influencers that have a platform that basically talk about you can do and be and have it all. And I think that if you strive for doing and being and having it all, we end up not getting as rich of results as we would like. However, when we prioritize, when we decide what matters to us most and we funnel most of our time and our energy and our attention, we get better results. So right now, the whole purpose of this podcast is going to be helping you focus And decide how you want to prioritize your limited resources of time and money and attention and energy. And that's going to include getting really clear on what you value most. Now, before we continue with the rest of the podcast, I have a quick favor to ask of you. Would you help me make this podcast more visible by going to your favorite place to listen, whatever service you're on right now, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, whatever else it is. And please leave a five-star rating and a quick written review. Both of these things make the podcast more likely to be recommended to potential listeners, which will help me help more people get the understanding, support, and tools they need to recover from high-demand religion and start living the kick-ass lives they were always meant to live. Before you forget, pause right now and please go leave that review. The review is actually really important for the algorithm. I'll wait right here until you're ready And then we'll dig into defining your personal values. Thank you so much for doing that. You're not only helping me do more of what I love, you're helping everyone that will see that review after you leave it. You are awesome. Thank you. Now, before we dive into discussing how we identify what we really value, I want you to understand that this is an invitation to discussion. I'm still learning about values. Like the topic of authenticity, there's a wealth of sometimes contradicting information out there, and I'm going to probably spend the next decade reading through what people think about values and what they've discovered in the research, and I'm going to try things on and see what works and does not work for me. And I'm going to watch the trends in the world of psychology and neuroscience as they uncover more facts about how values work and why they're important to us. But honestly, I still don't understand the subject. I'm still in the process of trying on different bits of information to see how it works in real life. What I'm presenting today is what seems to make the most sense to me from my perspective at this moment. But that doesn't make what I present here the truth or the way in quotes, right? I'm not the guru. I am a person just like you that's on the path. And this is simply one viewpoint, one way of looking at things. And I am fully aware that as I continue to learn more, my perspective will shift and change. This is why I really want to hear your thoughts over in the Emancipate Yourself Facebook group or in my private messages. I learned the best in discussion with others. It's part of the reason I started this podcast. As I was learning and deconstructing, I wanted to discuss it with other people. It's the reason we have the live Wednesday calls where we get to discuss these things. Because I learn better, I learn faster, and I have a feeling many of you do too. And that's why this podcast has been so useful for you. Your perspective just might be the information one of us needs for all of this to click in place. So please feel free to start discussions. You do not have to wait for me to post something on the message board in the Emancipate Yourself Facebook group. You can send me a message. This is a safe place to explore ideas. I don't have the answers. I am open to whatever you bring to the table. What has been your personal experience from what you've read? What seems to make sense to you? As you're trying things on, what's fitting and not fitting? What's confusing you? What's exciting you? I want to know. This is a place for us to really kind of philosophize and, and just get curious about this topic. What are values? Why are they important? And how do we navigate the waters of figuring out these priorities? Now, here's what's resonating for me in the literature that I'm reading. And I've read um, several different books that you're going to find in the show notes. There's some blog posts there. There There's some academic studies there. And I'm really trying to parse out what are values in the first place? How do they differ from limiting beliefs, for instance? How do our values influence our beliefs? Or do our beliefs influence our values? How does that work? There is all kinds of contradicting literature on this. But I think that there's still value. In digging into this and getting curious, because this does feel like a key part of getting a fulfilling life, which is why we're all here. You're listening to this podcast to figure out some solutions to creating a life that you want to live after leaving high demand religion. And so let's dig into this and let's learn together. One of the things I read that really resonated with me came from Ronald Fitzpatrick. She was on the Daily Positive. She wrote um, an article for them. She is a, a life coach, basically. And she said, there are no good values or bad values. That really resonated for me because just like emotions, the idea that our values are just neutral information about what our priorities are seems to really land well for me. The idea that One value isn't more important than another. It's really just about getting curious about why do we make the choices we do? Why do we prioritize what we do? What values are driving those choices and priorities? I think it allows us to get a lot more curious with ourselves and understand ourselves better. And then there was a quote from Scott Jeffrey, who is a business leadership specialist. He's at scottjeffrey.com. And he said, Values aren't selected, they're discovered. And this was mind blowing for me because I have done a couple of values exercises in the past that haven't been very meaningful for me because I was trying to select values and those values didn't connect deeply with me. So we don't choose our values, our values reveal themselves to us as we get curious with ourselves and as we quit judging ourselves for what comes up to the surface. Our values will reveal themselves to us and we discover what's already there. So there aren't any good or bad values and our values are there to be discovered, not selected. So I'm still letting these ideas mull over, but these are the two ideas that really stuck with me. And this is why, as we get rid of our judgments about our values, it allows us to get more honest with ourselves, the more we create this sense of self-compassion and understanding and acceptance with ourselves, which is the basis of everything that we want. The better my relationship with myself is, the more I understand myself, the more I understand my priorities and my emotions and my inner beliefs, the more I'm able to then get what I want and what matters most to me, the more I'm able to relate with others in ways that feel healthy, the more I'm able to create parent-child relationships that feel like mutually beneficial. This feels like a key piece to me. I want to hear what you have to say. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think about it completely differently? Please head over to the Emancipate Yourself Facebook group and let's talk about it. So, when I was still an active member of the LDS church, we had a youth fireside one night. And for those of you who are not Mormon, this is like an evening meeting where adult leaders talk about gospel and self improvement topics with the youth. And we talked about personal values in this particular meeting and we created a list of what we value most. And the speaker was very dynamic. It was really fun to listen to this person. And we were given a list of values and we were told to choose. Our top like five to ten values, our core values, if you will, the ones that resonated with us most. And so I created my list and my list was filled with words that were more focused on what I thought I should value or what my idea of a good person would value instead of really getting at the core of what I already prioritize and going from there. So my words that night were like a wish list of who I thought I should be. It probably didn't help that I only had half an hour to reflect on these words. And I was in a room where others could look at my list as I was writing. Remember, people pleaser, perfectionist, overachiever. So everything that I was writing, I was conscious that other people could see it and might judge me or value me differently based on what I was writing on this paper. And so there was a part of me that was performing as I was writing these values. So if that's you, make sure that you're doing your values exercises in a place where you're just by yourself perhaps in a journal that no one else will ever see. Lock it in a safe box if you need to. Give yourself whatever safety you need so that your inner self can reveal those values to you. This time as I'm getting clear about my values, I am finding it takes way longer than 30 minutes. So far, it has taken months, weeks to really allow myself to peek under what's driving my decisions and be honest with myself about why I choose what I choose. Now, I want to tell you this, that on the surface, people might be making similar choices that are driven by different values, okay? So, for instance, one of the values I wrote on my page during the fireside that night was family. Many of you listening are likely nodding your head. Family's probably at the top of your list, too. A 2022 Pew Research study found that two-thirds of Americans – said that family is extremely important. And over 55% of American adults choose to live within an hour of their families of origin. I mean, that's a huge percentage of Americans that deeply value family and make choices based on that value. But I've realized that family isn't a core value of mine. And even saying that, it feels like I'm revealing something very naughty about myself. Obviously there's still some judgment inside of me about what it means to be a person who does not value family. And maybe you have judgments about that too. Pay attention to those. That is information about what's going on inside of you. So even though I love my relationships with several of my family members, as I've gotten curious with that core value that I wrote on that page, I realized actually family isn't the driving value behind my relationships because of my experiences in childhood family's complicated it's a word that isn't always equated with safety or with trust so instead my main drivers of my relationships whether they're with family or otherwise they come from values like curiosity and empathy and trust and mutuality And I realized that when I'm attempting to build a relationship with someone who's curious instead of judgmental, who is willing to listen to understand, for instance, or allows me to be fully human while being willing to problem solve so that our relationship's a win-win for us both, I'm able to create deep connections. So it isn't family that is my value. I value deep connection. I value vulnerability. I value empathy. I value open-mindedness, all of these things that allow me to not just connect on the surface with someone, but to go deep. I crave deep connection. And it's something that I really prize and value when I find it in others. It's part of the reason I prize and value Kevin so deeply is we're able to create the safe space and go deep. We're able to talk about some really difficult stuff. We're able to be really honest about things that create some serious conflict for other people in a way that is like compassionate and kind. And it's created this sense of, I I know he has my back no matter what. I'm allowed to admit and talk about anything that I want to talk about. And we also have the boundaries that we don't have to share everything. So we get to keep some things for ourselves if we want to. We get to have a private life and a life with each other. We get to make those choices and have those boundaries. And it's been beautiful, but it's based on all these other things I value, not because I said I do 22 and a half years ago. It's because we continue to work with these values that we both hold to create these deep, meaningful, connected relationships. And as we naturally prioritize these choices and create that kind of atmosphere here at home. We've both noticed that our connection with our kids is deepening. As we regularly meet with one another to evaluate how everyone's needs are being met, it's been beautiful to see a feeling of safety bloom in our home. It's not a loyalty to family or this expectation that you're going to prioritize family that's driving this sense of connection and belonging, but a sense that everyone here matters our thoughts, opinions, and needs all matter, and we're all allowed to voice our needs and concerns. We're all committed to problem-solving with one another until everyone feels heard and seen and taken care of. And though I, I don't know how this is going to play out as they get older and as they go out into the world and they're influenced more by peers or by whatever spouses or partners they decide to you know, create relationships with, but my guess is... Is that as we create safe spaces for one another to continue to be human, to try things on, to make mistakes, to be loved and accepted for it, our relationships are going to continue to be close, which is what I think many of us mean when we say we value family. What we're saying is, I want a deep connection with people. And I would prefer to have a deep connection with my mom and dad, with my spouse, with my kids, with my siblings. We want that feeling of deep safety and trust, and I think understanding and acceptance. And I think we've been taught that that should come from our family. And we might even have a sense of entitlement that our family owes that to us. And so maybe that's sometimes what drives this value of family, but maybe not. Maybe for you, family means something different because of my experiences family doesn't mean safety and trust and deep connection. So it is not a value for me. Deep connection is the value for me. And all of those little values that are under that umbrella that create that sense of safety that allows us to connect deeply, to put off our armor, to like, you know, take off all of the protective measures that we typically have and to allow ourselves to be fully seen and fully loved and fully cared for, to take off you know, the things that we we keep on to protect ourselves from other people's judgments. So how do we figure this out? How do we figure out what the value is underneath our actions? How do you get away from the idealized lists of who we wish we were or who we think we're supposed to be? So the first thing is going to be to identify your values. And this is going to take some time. Like give yourself permission to sit with it for as long as it takes. I've been sitting with this for months. And each passing week has brought new insights about why I make the choices I do and what drives me. I still don't have a clear picture of all of my values, but it's getting clearer. And that's really, really exciting. But I trust myself. And I trust the process that over time, I'll deeply understand what I prioritize and why. Here are some questions to ask yourself to help you begin to discover your own values. So if you need a pen and paper, go for it. I'll also write these questions in the show notes in case you want to reference those. So what qualities do you appreciate in other people? Specifically, if you're a people pleaser, sometimes it's hard for you to get in touch with yourself at first. So sometimes it's easier to look out. What qualities do you appreciate in other people? And If you have a tendency to be maybe a little bit more in the negative lens, where you notice the things that annoy you and frustrate you about other people, another question you could ask yourself that will help you just as much is, what qualities in others really annoy you or piss you off? So for instance, I get really pissed off on the road whenever people cut me off or whenever they merge into my lane and it feels like they aren't looking, I get annoyed with people who... Don't notice like the disabled person on the train or the bus or, you know, some public transport and they just sit there instead of offering their seat to somebody who obviously needs it more. So consideration is really important to me. Like being aware of other people and being considerate is important. And I get real pissed off when people are not considerate, when they don't take into account that there are other people in the room who also have needs really really gets to me. So you can use that as well. You can look around and figure out like what are the behaviors that super piss me off and why? Or you can look at other people and be like what is it about this person, let's say it's, you know, your neighbor or it, it could even be somebody like Oprah Winfrey or, you know, somebody what is it about this person that I really appreciate or admire? So I have a Zumba instructor, for instance, and I really admire her ability to make you feel like you're the only person in the room when she's talking to you. She is fully focused on you. She notices you. She is engaged in the conversation. I love that about her. I love that she is fully present when she's with other people. And so... That has me curious. I don't know what value that is yet, but that has me curious because I've noticed that I really appreciate that in other people. People who are not distracted when they're with me, who really like, and not just with me, but with other people too. I watch her leave my presence and then be fully present with somebody else and somebody else. This is why she's beloved. Everyone in our class absolutely adores this woman because she just makes you feel like you're the center of the universe for that one minute or two minutes that she's talking to you. And it's it's really cool. And I don't know what value that is for me, but I'm allowing that to be something I'm curious about. The next question you can ask yourself is what activities do you need in your life to feel sane, whole, and happy? Are there things in your life that you must do or you don't feel like your best self? For me, I have to get outside at least every other day. Like in the winter, that becomes difficult when it's freezing cold and it's snowing like crazy here, but I need to be outside. I don't know what value that is yet either, but I know that being outdoors, whether I'm gardening or hiking or walking in the neighborhood, I need to hear the birds, I need to feel the sun, I need to feel the breeze, and I need to feel my feet connected to the dirt, to the sidewalk, to something. I need to feel rooted in nature. What activities do you need in your life to feel this sense of fulfillment and peace and sanity? What are your most important possessions and why are these important? For me, some of my most important possessions are books, also my dishes, I have lots of dishes from like Britain and Turkey and uh, different places in Europe, Poland that I've collected and I cook in and I present food on. Again, for me, those dishes, they represent a couple of values that I am aware of. Creativity is incredibly important to me. Cooking is a creative endeavor. It's not necessarily a service endeavor. Like I thought it was. I thought that service is what probably drove my cooking. It is not, it's creativity. It's the reason I will sometimes cook a really amazing recipe because I love new recipes. Sometimes I'll create this new recipe and I won't make it ever again because I'm making something else. So I've had to start keeping track of the really yummy recipes so I can put them on rotation and make sure that we're eating some of those things that we thought were fabulous again and again. But for me, cooking is creativity. But it's also connection. So cooking the actual food, creativity for me. Putting it on the table to share with others is connection. When I put food in front of you, I'm saying you matter to me. I care about you. I see you. I've spent time making this for you because I care about you. What about you? What are your important possessions? And why are these important? The next question is, what do you want to achieve in life? If you were to fast forward to the end of your life, what would you hope you would look back and see that you had done? Maybe it's something like you traveled the world. Maybe it's something like you built your dream home. Maybe it's I learned how to create an amazing garden, or I connected with every single neighbor, or maybe it's I finally learned how to sing opera. I don't know. What is it that you want to achieve? What? Is that driving passionate desire inside of you that you long for? What is it that you want to achieve? The next question is what would you least like to lose in life? So, what is the thing that if you lost it, you would be devastated? What are your most cherished memories? When you look back in your childhood, What are the things that stand out most to you? Why are these things important? What made them so valuable to you? What inspires you? And last, what is missing in your life? And I want to invite you to keep peeling the onion, as I call it, with these values. Keep asking yourself why. Why are these things important? For instance, if you're like, you know, family is important to me. Why is family important to me? Well, because we feel trust and love and connection. Okay, well, why is that important? And keep peeling it back until you get to this place where it doesn't feel like there's any more layers to peel back. It almost will feel like a circular loop at that point. Like, because I value connection. Well, because being connected is important to me and you'll kind of feel like you're going back. Like, I feel like I'm not alone because I like being with other people because I like connection. So when you get to that point, you'll know that you've peeled back as far as you can, at least for now, there may still be layers underneath there, but that's as far as you can go for right now. And that's a good place to start and just get curious and kind of try to look at it from all different angles. You're here to get curious about what those values are telling you and try to look at it. From different angles by asking yourself different questions. And remember, there are no good values and no bad values. Your values are just a window into what you prioritize. Okay, the next step is going to be to define your values. And this is a really, really important step, and a lot of us skip it. On the live discussion call this past Wednesday, we talked about how sometimes we keep some of our values from when we were in high demand religion, but they now mean different things. I found that this was really obvious when we're in relationships with others who are still in high demand religion. And we might both have a value of love. But what that means can be very, very different depending on our interpretation of that word. So when I say love, I mean what I described above when I said family. I mean trust. I mean open mindedness. I mean being curious. I mean creating like this mutually safe space where both of us. Are interested in the other person's needs and we're willing to work together to meet those needs. But some of my family members might mean something completely different by that word. And so their actions might look completely different. They might say, I love you, and they might mean it based on their interpretation of that value. But when I say love, I mean something different. And I think that's sometimes where our wires get crossed when I say, For instance, like I just don't feel very loved or accepted. And maybe somebody else who values love says, of course you're loved. We show you love all the time. It just may look different. So take some time to write down what your values mean to you. When you say freedom, what does that look like in all the aspects of your life? What would it mean in relationships? What would it mean in your finances, in your health, in your work? Does freedom feel more like flexibility or does it feel more like independence to you? Or does it feel like both? So getting really curious, what does this value mean to me? It's going to also allow you to better communicate your values to other people and also understand their differences and values with you. So let yourself, let that word, whatever it is, your value that you're thinking about, let it tumble around in your head for a while and let your subconscious get to work going through the dusty files of your brain. Let it notice things out in the world. Let it highlight sentences you read in books and in magazines and blog posts and keep writing down what you find so that you can look at it all later and connect the dots. So during the step, you may realize that several of the values you've listed in the first step are actually related to the same family of values or group of values. For instance, I noticed things like having a flexible schedule, being my own authority or boss, being able to express myself freely, having lots of options, being able to travel where I want, when I want, being able to spend time with who I want. All of that came up during the discovery exercise. And I realized that my definition of freedom includes other value ideas like flexibility, personal authority, self-expression, financial freedom, and having options. So I group those all together under the umbrella of freedom. Freedom is a core value for me, but what I mean is I want to be my own authority. I want to choose what I say and what I do, and I want to have options for that. And I like flexibility in my schedule I'm still discovering other terms that fit into this category as I get curious, which is strengthening my tie to my core value of freedom. The greatest gift you can give yourself when defining your values is curiosity and time. Let them come into focus when they're ready and trust that they will because they will over time. If you hold space for this and you continue to tell your subconscious, like, I'm really curious about this thing. Your subconscious brain is going to continue to work on this problem for as long as you keep this space of safety and uncertainty open for your subconscious. If you're like, I know I have a value here and it's kind of related to this, like give me more information. Your subconscious brain is going to keep looking for information until you decide case closed, this is what I value. And there is value in closing a case eventually. Because it does take a lot of brain power to continue to look for those things. So once you're pretty certain, like, I think this is my value, it's okay for you to be like, yeah, this feels pretty comfortable and I'm going to go with this for a while and maybe revisit it in six months or a year or five years. If something feels like it's not working anymore, you can revisit your values and be like, okay, like, are these the values that are still serving me? Because your values are going to be flexible. They're going to change as you change. Yes, even your core values. Maybe the actual value won't change, but your definition of the value might change, just like my definition of love changed. The way I expressed love when I was in high demand religion looked pretty preachy and sort of like a little bit narcissistic, like I'm going to save you. That's what love looked like to me. Whereas now love looks like, let me understand you. Help me see you. Help me hear you. That's what love looks like to me now. Like I'm listening. I'm curious. I want to understand you. All right. The next step is going to be to prioritize your values. And according to conflict and values coach, Ronalyn Fitzpatrick, you're going to want to do this part quickly and without thinking about it too much. So you can avoid the shoulds that often come up with prioritizing. So you're just going to go with your first impression and don't think about it too much. Okay. You're going to pull out a piece of paper. You're going to fold it into three parts so that you have, you know, three different columns. And you're going to put a category in each of those parts. So essential values, these are the ones that you must have in your life. The next one is important values. These are, like, pretty important for you, but, like, not as important as your essential values. And then your nice-to-have values. These can kind of come and go. And it depends on kind of the situation. We're going to prioritize the values you've collected over the past several weeks or even months into these categories, and I want you to be ruthless and absolutely honest with yourself. If it helps, give yourself a limit. Your essential values are your core values. You want no more than 10 in that category. Although a lot of the experts are saying like five to six is even better, these are the values that drive the vast majority of your decisions in direct and indirect ways. If you find yourself writing down 20 to 30 in your essential category, it's either time to regroup them into related families and choose one word that best describes that family or put some of the values you've listed in essentials as important or even nice to have. Now, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to prioritize these values in each category. Starting with your essentials column, you're going to compare two values in that box. So let's say you have freedom and creativity. If you could only have one of them, Which is more important? And please understand that when you're choosing the most important value, it doesn't mean that the other value isn't important. It just means that the value you chose is more important. It's your priority. So for me, freedom wins out over everything. It is my number one priority. Everything my creativity, my sense of deep connection, my desire to be compassionate and kind, all of these things they're all beholden to my value of freedom. So if I'm being creative, but I feel like I'm stuck in a box, I'm going to ditch creativity in favor of freedom. So if I feel like I have to create and create and create, but I don't have the freedom of what I create, or I don't have the freedom of when I create, freedom will win out every time and I will ditch my creativity. If I have a deep connected relationship but there's a bunch of parameters about how I show up and when I show up and what I have to do and what hoops I have to jump through. First of all, that wouldn't be deep connection for me. But if I did find myself in that place, my value of freedom is going to start pushing against deep connection. And I will choose freedom over this sense of being trapped. And the same is true for compassion and kindness too. I love showing compassion and kindness to people, but if you know, someone is not respecting or honoring boundaries that allow me to have breathing room and time to be by myself and time for my own emotional care. My value of freedom will prioritize, it will come first. So, I have to have room to breathe. I have to have room to be by myself. I have to have room to have choices and options. And if I ever feel trapped, freedom becomes like the overarching value. Anyone who's in deep connection with me, any creative endeavor, I Get involved in has to also fit into a place of flexibility and freedom and the ability to make choices. I can't feel like tied down. It really, really starts giving me heart palpitations, even thinking about being like trapped in a box. I get emotionally claustrophobic, maybe. Another couple of my core values are creativity and deep connection, like we talked about. And there are times when I prioritize deep connection over creativity. So for instance, Christmas time is a great example. I pour myself into creating memories with my kids, inviting neighbors in to decorate cookies and gingerbread houses. I host parties and events. I write kind cards to people who are meaningful to me and I send them by mail. I spend time on the phone or Zoom with friends and family I haven't seen in a while. And this is the reason I don't have a podcast during December because creativity is not my priority in December. Deep connection wins out over creativity. But my priorities totally change when I'm in the middle of a big creative project. The people closest to me know that when I'm creating something, I'm likely gonna hermit myself away for the most part until I finish my project and I'll prioritize time with my kids and my husband and only a few gatherings of close friends during this time. It's not because I stop valuing my deep connections. It's just that I've learned that I work best on creative projects when my passion is high and the creative iron is hot. So what about you? What are your priorities right now in your life? Put your values in order of your priorities right now. And remember, give yourself flexibility and realize that life isn't static. Right now, financial freedom might be at the tippy top of your priorities list. But as your nest egg grows and your financial needs are met, maybe that one will slide down a few notches and make room for priorities like play or adventure or rest. It's okay for your values to shift and grow with you. As we wrap up for today, let me give you an invitation to go through the three stages of value discovery as many times as you need to and give yourself time to mull over what really matters to you, knowing that there is no such thing as a bad or a silly or wrong or vain value. There are no judgments about your values. Your values are just information about what's important to you. All of your values inform how you might be able to show up in the world in ways that bring you more fulfillment and joy. So, as we do this over the next weeks and months, remember one week probably isn't going to be enough to figure out all of your values. Several weeks might not even be enough. You might need some months. I'm still in the middle of figuring mine out, and we're several weeks into this process, a couple of months into this process. Who knows? It might take me all year. I don't know. I know it'll happen, but I'm having fun with it because I'm just allowing it to be what it is. Is it a little uncomfortable talking about this before I have it all figured out? For sure. This is really vulnerable. But I think that there is value in. I think being really honest about the fact that this is a discovery process. So as you go on this journey with yourself, I wish you fun and adventure. You're the most interesting terrain you could ever explore. This is better than hiking to the top of Mount Everest. This is better than going down to the depths of the sea or going out into outer space. All of those are amazing. Don't get me wrong. But there is no one else that will ever get to discover the terrain that is you. No one else has access to this inner landscape that is all yours to discover and to learn about and to play with. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I love every minute that I get to spend with you and I'll see you next Sunday.